Welcome to Get Better at Garbage with your host, Colin Bell, COO of Recycle Smart, Canada's fastest growing recycling technology company. We talk tech, innovation, and inside secrets with top industry experts every week. You'll find exclusive content, interviews, and commentary from the leaders in the North American recycling industry. All right, welcome to this episode of Get Better at Garbage. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about plastics, which has been a big item on the news in the last couple of years. Plastic waste, plastic straws, plastic in the ocean, plastic everywhere. So it is definitely a top of mind item for those in the recycling world and I think society in general. So today we're talking to the founder and CEO of Rewaste, Corey Saban. And Corey, I didn't ask you how to pronounce your name, so I hope Saban. I said it though. Saban. I'm Saban, actually legendary yeah. for butchering names. It's going to be my new uh, career. Call me yeah, up and I'll mispronounce your name. It, it's spelled Saban, but pronounced Saban. So like I get it all the time. I, I don't often correct people. <laughs> <laughs> but today's the day. So I like Corey Saban, founder yeah. and CEO of Rewaste. And Corey, tell us a bit about yourself, uh, where you grew up and where you went to school and kind of what yeah. you're up to before founding Rewaste. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I grew up in Edmonton, Alberta, and went to school at uh, Grant McEwen for a few years, and then went to Nate um, and took civil engineering technology at Nate. And um, yeah, I've I've been in construction actually the past uh, probably ten years, and um, really started to learn um, quite a bit about um, just the assembly of construction, and um, through that, I, I found a lot of um, a waste, whether it was plywood or um, other building materials. And and on top of that, I found that uh, there was a lot of plastic waste. So all the deliveries, there was tons of plastic that just ended up in the landfills. Perfect. And so that uh, working in construction and seeing all that plastic waste, that's what got you motivated to do something about all that plastic waste. Is that right? Yeah, I wanted to see if there is a way that we could repurpose plastic waste into a construction application. And that's that's sort of how uh, the concept started. And I started doing some research and came across an open source platform um, called Precious Plastics, which is based out of Europe. And um, they, they give you um, a rough business model on how the collection works, how the shredding works, and how the equipment process works for, um, for creating plastic products or creating revenue at every stream of plastics or creating a revenue stream with every type of plastic. And um, I thought, okay, well, you know, there's lots of plastic here and um, maybe I can do something. So, so then when COVID hit, um, uh, we have, my wife and I, we have three young kids. And so we were spending a lot of time at home and it was just amazing to see so much plastic build up every week. And uh, we would do the blue bag thing and just put it in the blue bag. And in Edmonton, it's, it's a blue bag, much like a recycling bin. Um, and I, I started to, to just question, could I, can I do something with this plastic? Can I repurpose it some way? And um, it just started off with small DIY projects. So I'd, I'd literally um, have a griddle that you'd cook pancakes on and an iron that you'd iron your shirt with. And I would just sandwich um, some single use grocery bags together, 
between the griddle and the iron and see if I'd be able to transform it into something else. And I was able to make these, these really cool, hard, dense tiles. And um, it just slowly started to evolve and, and the proof of concept started. And I, I started to get some smaller scale equipment and um, I have a very small scale injection machine, um, small scale shredder, and um, I, I use a toaster oven and uh, a, a shop <laughs> press. Uh, that, that's my uh, equipment right now in, in the garage. But it, it all just started off um, with very small proof of concept. And, and can we do something? Can we apply it to a, a certain application? And, and the answer that I've been finding is yes. So. So that's really cool. You you literally just started out using the tools that you had around your house, and then grew that obviously into some more specialized equipment. Um, how do you handle plastic fumes and things? Like, I'm imagine if you take your plastic and put it on your griddle and your iron, it doesn't smell that good and might not be that healthy. Yeah. So actually, on the griddle and iron, um, I, I had very low temperatures, so it was all just trying to work with uh, getting the plastic to a malleable state. But um, definitely, like I have the respirator on, and um, yeah, like I, I won't melt plastic without um, the respirator and and some sort of ventilation going on. So, um, especially like in the garage during winters, the if if I don't have a respirator, like I can't melt plastic. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, how does your company operate? On, uh, was on the websites. Have seen some of the press. Um, mm -hmm. You're collecting uh, post-consumer. It looks like primarily, and then turning it into products, which are primarily right now tiles. Is that correct? Yeah. So, um, so yeah. How we operate, um, we are very much a startup um out of a garage so that's cool this um, is the ultimate like i started in the garage <laughs> and people are like and you're like no no i'm literally in the garage right now oh yeah like my wife literally is not parking her car in the garage because there's so much plastic so and it's winter here um, <laughs> so yeah so uh in terms of operations still uh, very much at that startup stage where it's just a lot of trial and error it's um it's myself and uh, a part-time cfo that's um, working on the books, but um, no real process is figured out just yet. But in terms of, um, yeah, the collection, post-consumer plastic is um, the main source of plastic that we're after. That seems to be the most challenging plastic to recycle. Um, and oftentimes it's, it's not recycled in the traditional way that we think it is. Um, so there's just through some of the publicity that you mentioned, um, like with the CTV interview, um, obviously with the website and Instagram and all these social media platforms, there's been more and more people that have reached out um, that have just offered their source of plastic or, um, or asking to volunteer or to help. So, um, so that's, that's kind of an overview of how we operate. Um, there's there's really um, nothing more than than just just what's what's going on in the garage at this point. That's really cool, Corey. Um, it's very uh, I would say auspicious. I don't know if that's the right word, but Google started in a garage. Tons of great startups started in a garage, so I think you're in great company with your garage startup. So um, that's what I tell myself. Good. That's what I <laughs> tell my wife to just reinforce that this is okay. <laughs> yeah, you're like, hey, Google started in a garage. Just give me another ten years, and uh, we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kelly, I think I kind of stole your question there, so uh, you'll have to freeform it and uh, 
maybe go from there with questions. But yeah, I kind of stole your question on how everything got started, but. No worries, all good. My next question, I guess, is can all plastic be recycled and with like your specific process or are there certain things that are like too hard for you to melt and such? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, right now we we are able to take every plastic, um, every post-consumer plastic, every plastic that we've received, um, we're able to repurpose it. Um, and that includes plastic bags, which is commonly a difficult plastic to recycle. And um, a lot of times it jams up the equipment, but in our application, we're not putting it through the shredder. We're able to control our source of plastic that we have. So um, with, with plastic bags, we're able to um, melt them down into those tiles that I was talking about before between the, the griddle and the iron. Um, but with, uh, with other plastic bags, um, similar to kids snack bags or frozen fruit bags. Um, there's a lot of Amazon bubble wrap packages that are going around now. Um, but what we've been able to do is um, turn those bags into other bags that have a zipper and a liner. So um, it could be used for in, in our case at home, we use them for um, pencil crayon storage for, for our kids um, so that their pencil crayons aren't everywhere uh, around the house. Um, and so we, we were able to find a, a fun solution for plastic bags, but um, the, the hard plastic, so yogurt containers or um, Tide containers, all these harder plastics, um, we're able to work with those as well and shred them down into a plastic flake. And we, we have a, a limited supply or we have a few uh, molds for our injection machine. And so we can produce different shapes. Some, some people want to use them as coasters. Some want to use them as uh, tiles or wall protection or backsplash. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different uses that we're finding that can be created with these, with these different molds. And, um, but there, there hasn't been a plastic that, that we've been given yet that we haven't been able to repurpose. And again, it's, it's all very small scale and just trying to see if we're able to, to make something with it. Mm -hmm. And my, cool. I guess my follow-up oh. question to that um, would be, how do you make like the intricate designs? Cause I saw that you have like marble designs on your website. I was wondering like, how does that work? Yeah, so that's a little bit of playing around with uh, the different weights of plastic. Um, so for example, um, on some of the circle tiles that you might have seen there, we'll have a marble products, uh, different options available. And we will use a majority of white. So the coasters are about 27 grams and we'll use um, about 25 grams of white type two plastic that's that's from hand sanitizer containers uh, we we had about 500 of them donated to us um, and i never thought i'd see an end in sight for these containers but i i do now uh, which is nice uh, but so what we'll do is we'll we'll have a blend where it's about 25 grams of white and then maybe two grams of of black plastic flake that gets added um, but it's it's yeah, just playing with, with different uh, ratios of plastic flake to create those designs. Cool. Um, I realized today I am probably the worst podcast host out there at all. I forgot to introduce Kelly. So Kelly Huang, who's 
been our long-suffering intern. And I think, Pelle, this is probably your second lost podcast because you're leaving us in December to go back to UBC. Is that right? I Yeah. Oh, wow. That makes me sad. Oh, my podcast <laughs> career is kind of short. I know. But uh, you can always start your own and I will tune in. But yes, uh, usually I introduce Kelly at the beginning, but today I seem to be uh, totally failing. I might have to give up my role as podcast host uh, in the new year. But anyway, stay tuned. How not to host a podcast by Colin Bell coming soon. Um, can you tell us a bit about the Beaumont Plastic Pilot Project? And, and Beaumont is a, a small municipality outside of Edmonton, uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with Canadian Northern Alberta geography. But uh, you guys did a, a bit of a pilot there to get some plastic coming in as your raw material. So yeah, we're we're excited to work with uh, the city of Beaumont. They're very forward thinking, and that's what uh, we are looking for in a municipality. Uh, so Beaumont, they were able to have a pilot project that had an autonomous shuttle that would shuttle people around the city much like a, a bus would, um, just without a driver. So we thought that Beaumont really fit what we were looking for uh, for a municipality to pilot this. Uh, initiative with and we we wanted to sign 100 residents up <clears throat> which would be able to give us enough of a data set that we'd be able to forecast the volumes produced by the average household and project what all of Beaumont's residents would produce for plastic waste. Gotcha. Um, okay so you're going to collect a small sample and then extrapolate that and say if this was rolled out across Beaumont exactly this much material and um did you guys uh how did you collect this material did you just redirect the autonomous shuttle and it picked up bags for you i mean this would be really cool or how oh, did you yeah. get this material i i wish that was the case and and uh, i did have a, thoughts of autonomous uh plastic pickup but um right now for the pilot project um there's there's a hundred residents that we have signed up and um for the collection i'm just using the back of my pickup truck so there's not uh, too much in terms of volume um the first one we weren't quite at a hundred uh residents and we're still not finished this pilot project but the first one uh, we probably had 62 residents um, participate in that first collection and we've slowly been signing um, people people up to get to that hundred but uh, we collected 88 pounds in our first collection. So that first week, and it, it varied because some people were only able to collect for two days before the pilot project started or for like a week and a half. It all depended on when they uh, signed up for this pilot project. So by week three, we're anticipating that it'll be a very accurate representation of what one full week looks like of plastic collection for these residents. And then that's where we're going to be able to get as much data as we can. We're going to be able to see the amount that is consumed on average per household. And like you said, just extrapolate that information and look to work with our uh, equipment supplier to see if we can design a process that will be able to handle that as a throughput and um, clean that plastic, turn that plastic into flake and bag that plastic all while keeping it local and not sending it overseas for something to happen with that plastic. That's really cool. I like the, the uh, back of the pickup truck collection. That's so well burdened. It's like this. This is as startup as you can think. It's, uh, <laughs> it's perfect. I, it's like I just drove my truck around and picked it up. How else do you think I was going to do? It? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Exactly. Um, so that sounds uh, really interesting. But I'm sure maybe a few hiccups along the way. So I don't know, um, Kelly. I'm going to steal your question here and then you can take the uh, the more 
exciting question after that. But tell us about the challenges you've run into. So you collect this plastic, you get back to your garage with your toaster oven and your iron and <laughs> other proprietary technology that you can't disclose. <laughs> and right. then what was kind of like the first like, uh-oh, uh, this isn't working out the way we thought moment. Yeah, so there's been a few challenges. And uh, the first one is cleaning the plastic. So um, almost every piece of plastic has a label and that label is adhered to the plastic with some type of adhesive. And so before we shred the plastic or, uh, or inject the plastic, we needed the plastic to be clean. So, um, so again, the proprietary equipment that you're talking about, I, I have a hair dryer that's actually set up on, a, on my workbench and I'll heat up the labels and the adhesive and then just peel it off the plastic uh, so that there's not going to be any uh, paper or um, adhesives that will be mixed in with the plastic when we're injecting it. So, um, so that's been one of the biggest challenges is just trying to clean the plastic. Um, the the next challenge is uh, having resources. So um, I'm out of the garage, so there's only um, one person doing a lot of this work, and um, it's it's a very manual process. To do to do all this work so um, so resources that's another challenge and the the last challenge that i'll talk about is the equipment so it's not like um it's it's not plastic equipment is not like collecting um it, it's not like going out and buying like a, a griddle to cook pancakes on uh to for for plastic to be melted into a sheet well we're, we're going to need a sheet press um, for this plastic to be injected, we're going to need an injection machine that can handle plastic flake. Um, so just the equipment side of it is um, is a little challenging, but we're we're working with it until it's time to scale and and spend some bigger dollars on some of this equipment that will definitely help us out. Yeah, I mean you're really in the R&D phase right now, which is. Uh... Interesting and exciting, but yeah, as you're sitting there peeling labels off with your hairdryer, you're probably thinking to yourself, this isn't scalable, but the next challenge is, yeah, how do we make this scale? I just have this great visual of like your wife muttering in the house as she walks around and like can't find her iron, her toaster oven, her hairdryer, and she goes out to the garage and like you're out there with all this stuff, melting plastic, and she's just like, what the heck? The life oh, of the yeah. entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's uh, He's it's, got it's... my hairdryer now. What is he going to do next? She's... <laughs> Probably eyeing up, eyeing up our curling iron saying like, oh man, if I could just get that curling iron out in the garage, we could bend some plastic, it'd be great. That's a great idea. She, she might not be happy <laughs> with you for mentioning the curling iron. Uh -oh. <laughs> well, All right, I'm... Kelly, I think you've got some questions. Yeah, well, onto the side of like being an entrepreneur, there's of course also very exciting um, successes that you probably have in store. So do you mind disclosing any past or future successes I anticipate? Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, like you said, uh, there, there, there are some successes and um, our success has been the traction that we've received so far. We've been able to um, secure a pilot project with the municipality and have um, their residents buy into this pilot project. Um, we've done a great pilot project with, uh, with Goodwill um, out of their impact center on the West End. Um, they, they have been super supportive they actually flake their own plastic um, that doesn't sell in their stores that has been donated 
And with that plastic flake, we've been able to make wall protection for their stores. So we've created a circular economy within Goodwill. Um, other other um, successes have been having people or companies reach out and saying, hey, I have plastic, can you do something with it? And the, the amount of companies that I've talked to and people that just want to contribute just to see their plastic reused in the way that we've thought it has been being reused for the past few decades, um, which, which isn't the case. But um, um, there, there's a, a hair salon in the West End of Edmonton uh, called Q Hair that uh, wants, wants to do a program where we'll collect their, their plastic and turn that into combs or picks or hair clips. Um, so we're going to do a fun pilot project with them. And um, I, I might say this too much, but what it is, is it's proving a proof of concept and, and seeing it get traction. That's, that's the exciting part. Um, we had Sherwin-Williams reach out um, a, a, a large painting company and say, hey, we have tons of these plastic lids. And right now we just throw them in the recycling or where they end up, we don't know, but it'd be really cool if, if you're able to use them. And so, so it's been really exciting to see people want to contribute their plastic and do something different. That's uh, really cool that you're so open to experimentation because I think a lot of entrepreneurs when they start out, you know, it's kind of tough to experiment and fail and start small in your garage with your pickup truck. Um, you know, a lot of people have this more lofty view of, you know, entrepreneurship, they're going to raise a bunch of money and build a huge factory, but you're really down there just willing to experiment, which is often how you get to the big warehouse and the big plant is by, you know, starting out small and trying things, but um, it can be mm -hmm. a bit of a journey for sure. Um, you kind of answered your future plans a bit there. Um, so one thing I want to pick your brain on, and I think this is uh, very topical because just yesterday or today, um, news uh, release came out showing that Canada has figured out a way to export plastic to the U.S. kind of through a, a backdoor on the on the international plastic market. And so everyone's up in arms. Um, but I guess just want to get your opinion now that you've spent some time in this space the plastic recycling industry really has been kind of in flux in the last couple of years. We used to export everything to Asia. That door is kind of closing. Now people are kind of looking at, well, what do we do with all this plastic we generate? So I just want to get your thoughts kind of on plastic waste, plastic recycling, exporting plastic. What do you see as kind of the challenges and opportunities? And I'm sure your friends ask you all the time about everything under plastic. <laughs> Once they find out you're in this, you know, can I recycle this? What do you think of plastic straws, et cetera, et cetera. For sure. Um, yeah, I look at that uh, deal with the states um, for us to export our plastics, similar to our oil and gas that we export to get, then get refined and then we buy back. I, I think um, if we're able to keep it local and process it here and there is a market here, then um, I, I would like to help contribute to keeping our plastic local and, and prove that we're able to refine it and process it here and and there are, there is a market for it so those those are my thoughts on the export um, of plastic but um, just the overall thoughts of plastic um, like you said I've had a lot of conversations and um, people ask about the single use um, plastic bands that are coming and and my comment is um, plastic is not a bad thing. Uh, how we handle plastic is it, it can improve um, because shipping with plastic is one of the most economical and efficient ways to ship a product. Um, but it's how we handle that plastic. So I think the opportunity is um, 
looking at this plastic supply and being able to make it valuable and treat it like a resource as opposed to a waste. And if we can do that in Edmonton or Alberta or Canada, um, then there there is a market for it. And and I and I think that's important to show that we're not just um, sending it to another country or overseas and making it their problem, because I think I think it's just had a negative connotation for a long time. And, and it's, it's just the way that we handle it. That needs to change in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's a very good analogy about how we export a lot of raw crude oil and then buy back the gasoline. And so similar in this case, why are we exporting plastic when we should be developing our own technology and industry in Canada to process that it's a, basically it's a resource that we have in Canada that we should be harnessing similar to, you know, a lot of people think, we should be doing a lot more refining of oil and gas. That's a whole nother podcast, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, uh, do you want to round us out with uh, our famous ending question? Yep. So our legendary question, how do you like your eggs? Do you like them poached, scrambled or? Yes, that is a great question. And, um, and I told my wife my answer and she's like, you can't say that. <laughs> and um, and it, it's a long winded answer, but it's, it's scrambled. But um, you want to cook your scrambled eggs much like a pancake. So you don't want to overmix it. And I don't add any water or milk in with the eggs. And, um, and then when you're cooking it in the pan, you just give it a slight mix. But then you, you let it cook for a little bit and then you just flip it like a pancake. And then when it's time to serve, then you just break it up into little pieces. So that way it stays nice and fluffy. All right. There's some art and science behind there, which uh, we would expect nothing more from an entrepreneur who's tinkering in his garage with plastics. Um, awesome to talk to you today. And just shout out if you're looking for Christmas gifts, you can shop online for coasters and things like that. Is that right, Corey? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we do have an online shop. And um, uh, as, as we've pointed out some of the challenges, I, I'm, uh, we're in the startup phase and it's not constantly updated, but we do have an Instagram page with uh, lots of different uh, options of our products as well. Cool. So if you're looking for that unique one-of-a-kind gift for that eco-conscious person on your list, maybe uh, this is a place to go. And uh, I might think that, you know, I can send all my plastic toys and get them recycled into coasters and then give them back to the grandparents that gave me all that plastic junk in the beginning. <laughs> so full circle. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there you go. Here's that plastic Hot Wheels you gave me last year. I melted it down and turned it into this beautiful coaster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, super cool to talk to you, Corey. And I think you're in the right spot at the right time. Uh, a lot of uh, movement in this space, both from the federal and provincial governments. I know the Alberta government is really looking to turn Alberta into a plastic recycling uh, hub in Canada based on you know, you know a lot of experience on the petrochemical side with engineering and technology. And hopefully mm -hmm. that can be kind of turned into the next wave of uh, the Alberta boom, which would be recycled plastic. Because if you guys can figure out a way to handle this, I think there's no end of material that would flood in. Um, from all over the world if uh, there was a way to handle it in a way that made sense economically and ecologically. So yep. great. Uh, thank you very much. And for everyone else out there listening, uh, we have one more episode before the holiday break. If you'd like to have your name mispronounced, uh, you can always get in touch with Colin at recycle-smart.com and I can butcher your name on our podcast. But yeah, we're always looking to talk to you, people out there doing new and innovative things in the waste and recycling industry. And thanks to Kelly, my long-suffering co-host. And we have one more episode. Kelly, who do we have on? We have, who's our guest? I I'm trying to remember. Dominic from Green Mantra Technologies. 
That's right. Uh, more on the plastic recycling, although they kind of specialize in the polystyrene, the styrofoam recycling. So very topical with Christmas coming and we'll all be getting probably lots of boxes with styrofoam around them. So exciting to talk to Dominic next week. Thanks very much, Corey. And uh, good luck. Don't burn down your garage. And we hope that you uh, figure out a way to turn some plastic into useful value added products. Yeah. Thanks to both uh, you and Kelly for, uh, for having me on. Really appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Until next week, we uh, are tuning out for the day. Well, that's a wrap for this week. Remember, you can recycle past episodes at www.recycle-smart.com slash podcast and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for joining us. And remember to get better at garbage, rock the recycling, and save some serious dough.